1015 FM KDON. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Going bell to bell with the best in professional wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's get to all the exciting pro wrestling action and bring on the host. Here is Mark Hoke. Good morning, Las Vegas. How's everybody doing today? Welcome to another edition of the Mark Hoke Show. And as you can tell by my raspy tone, yeah, I'm fighting a little bit of a cold, but that's okay. Because we do what we got to do. Be crazy, crazy week in pro wrestling and a wild 24 hours. Boy, I'll tell you what, a lot happening. WWE Elimination Chamber, New Japan, TNA, just going down everywhere. And we're going to bring it all to you in the next two hours here on KDON, 101.5 FM, the talk of Las Vegas, the Odyssey app. If you're not in the area, you can download that app and check us out. And, of course, we're also streaming on YouTube and Facebook. So wherever you need to listen to us and check us out, we're there for you. And we'd love to have you get in that chat box and say hi to us, too. So if you want to go on YouTube and Facebook and say hi to us, we'd certainly appreciate it. And when I say us, I would be remiss if I did not bring in our good friend from Austin, Texas, who is coming in back-to-back weeks. I'll tell you what, we don't get to do this very often, but Stu is stepping in here for me this week. Stu Myrick, Sports Guys Talking Wrestling, is back on the show for a back-to-back engagement to join us here and help me get through this show so I don't die. Stu, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, it is a absolutely gorgeous day here in the Lone Star Capital. And uh, glad, to, glad to join you back-to-back weeks. Never spent so much time in Las Vegas. So, you know, hey. Let's 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 do this. Yeah, I have a feeling we'll double or nothing and maybe some other things. You know, you know what you ought to do is you ought to come out for TNA. That's a possibility. We'll I'll have to see. I've got my spring and and into summer uh, has gotten booked up all of a sudden. It starts actually it starts next weekend. I'll be in Greensboro, North Carolina for AEW Revolution. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, the fan in me of course, I want to see Sting's last match. I've watched Sting going all the way back to the the early to mid '80s when he and Jim Helwig, you know, later known as the Ultimate Warrior, were the Blade Runners in Mid South Wrestling, mm-hmm. Bill Watts territory. And I have followed Sting's career uh, every step it has taken. Um, and so it's going to be it's going to be emotional to see his final match in Greensboro where where he made his name that 45 minute time limit draw with Rick Flair the very first clash of champions um so that's going to be a big one and I'm looking forward to it yeah that's going to be a terrific pay-per-view coming up next week I mean just a jam-packed schedule and the road to WrestleMania boy that's closing in on us faster than we could ever imagine I mean it it just seems like you know we we're talking about Cody Rhodes and Royal Rumble just, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And here we are. It's, oh man, 
it it just never stops, Stu. It never stops. Yeah. You're right. I mean, we we will be. I guess we're about five weeks away from WrestleMania in Philadelphia, the home of those dastardly Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, 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 hey. Those Watch it. Thinking Philadelphia. I, I say this <sighs> in jest. I have I have several friends that played for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know, I can't I can't go too hard on them, but as as a lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan, you know, it's it's kinda it's kinda like it's not quite as you know mandated as is as a life as a lifelong Longhorn. I can't like anything that deals with that school north of the Red River. Um, but you know Philadelphia, they that's that ranks right under them. So well, you know, if you want to root for Satan's team, that's okay. That's your call. <laughs> you, you do what you want, but you know, sure. you know, God it. God likes the Eagles. So I get it. that's I'll, why the grass I'll, is green. I, why the I grass is green? I, I sure. I'll mention. <laughs> in fact, one of the funny, ironic things is that when when AEW come comes to town, or back in the day WWE, uh, and Jim Ross was on the mic. Of course, Jim Ross's entrance music is that stinking Boomer Sooner, mm-hmm, and no. of course, he gets cheered everywhere except one place. <laughs> Uh, and it, it's not that we're booing Jim Ross. We're booing that stupid song. Well, you know, you'll survive. Because, because it is 10, 11 a.m. Central, and, and OU still sucks. Yep, that happens. So, now I, got, I got a little bitterness towards Oklahoma, too, but I'm, I'm past it. You know, I'm a Penn State guy, so you know, we tangle with those boys a little bit. Yeah, there you go. It, it's all good. I'm, I'm slightly with you on that. Okay. Slightly. I like but, it. So, of course, we are just coming off. Uh, wow. I mean, what a crazy 16 hours that was, Stu. I had to do, I do a little sports report thing. I would call it the two count, and I do that for one of our sister stations here, the bet. And I almost regretted having to record that thing ahead of time. But as I was getting ready to record that, I think I had to do it at about, I did about 8.30 Pacific time. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there saying to myself, Man, I wish I had time to do this at about six o'clock in the morning on on Saturday, which was just there, there was no way I was coming to the station to do that. But I had already seen a couple title changes come up, and we're going to get into some of those. But yeah. can you? That was a a wild sixteen hours of pro wrestling that just took place. I mean, it, it, wow. You, you're absolutely right. Between, of course, like you mentioned, Elimination Chamber in Australia, New Japan had their show, and you know, I, th- I think it was Okada's final, final, final show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. Uh, you also had TNA with No Surrender. I mean, there was, and there's all sorts of stuff. I mean, it was, you know, news breaking. You know, every time you look down, oh, something else is happening. So. Um, the ironic thing, I think Elimination Chamber was the least surprising, you know, show of them all. I mean, it went pretty much how everybody expected, but that's, that's okay. But yeah, the rest of it, uh, needless to say, yeah, it was, it, it, it raised some eyebrows. That's for sure. Well, let's start on Elimination Chamber because, you know, as you said, it was, you know, I think, and you know, we were, you were on the show last week and then we had Matt Black on. And we, you know, it's funny. I had asked Matt, "Do you see any surprises coming out of this?" And he said, "No." And yeah, we were pretty much right on that. 
not a not too many things jarred anybody's senses out of that card. The first thing that I will say though is is an interesting trend that I think WWE has kind of caught on to here is taking these I don't want to say lower level but not as important uh premium live events and taking them overseas which I think is a pretty smart move. You know, we just had backlash go over to Puerto Rico. You know, we had the Clash at the Castle which you know didn't see a lot of you know had some great matches but didn't see any major real major title changes and they're taking them to places where WWE doesn't get to go very often. So you're going to get a huge fan turnout because, you know, when, when's WWE going back to Perth, Australia, you know, tell me when. So those fans are desperate to get a chance to see those people live. So, you know, first I I think it's a really smart move of them to take these cards and put them on in places where you're not going to get to see them very often and boom, go the ticket sales as opposed to doing it in the U S where the fans, you know, I don't want to say we don't appreciate it, but you're not packing a stadium for elimination chamber. You're right. I mean, it's, you know, um, bringing the, and I'll, I'll say they're the B level premium live events. And, you know, we're not, we're not talking WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble or Survivor Series. Uh, they've got a show coming up in France. They've got one coming up in Germany. Uh, of course they'll still have their Saudi Arabia shows. Uh, you know, they work out these deals and, and in a lot of it, uh, and we saw it with elimination chamber, they will work out a deal with the tourism, you know, side of that, that local government. So, you know, these also, these, you know, these events also become like, you know, three hour long commercials <laughs> for people to go to wherever they are, yeah. for Australia, France, Germany, whatever. Uh, and we, you know, we saw it all the time with Saudi Arabia. We'll still see it. Uh, we did see some of it with, with Perth, you know, and, and I've, you know, Look, I love Australia. I got to go there when I was when I was a young lad in the United States Army and spent six weeks there, and it was I, I loved it. I was I was in Darwin. I was up in the Northern Territories, but still, such a wonderful, wonderful country, and I'd love to go back. But, uh, you know, you bring those those events there. I think it also raises the profile of those events. You know, they they because WWE wants to put on a really good card for when they go overseas. So I it is a win-win not only, you know, for WWE as well as for the that country, that city in order to boost their tourism and and so on and so forth. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you know, while it did take up a lot of time in the broadcast, it sure made me want to think about going over there. You know, the, the video packages were fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I agree with you too. It, it does make it seem like it's a bigger event than maybe what it would be in the U.S. And it makes it feel like, wow, WWE, you know, this is international. This is something really special. And you know, WWE is, you know, really a global organization. So mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, it's definitely a win-win. I think that's a great point, Stu, that you bring up about that. So, it's it's intriguing the 
the opportunity that I think WWE is taking to take these overseas. And, you know, you, you know, we noticed it. You know, I noticed it a couple of years ago when they first started doing that. And then Tony, Tony Khan taking all in over to Wembley. You know, there's the doors are open there to really take professional wrestling outside of the U S now. I don't know if you want to tap that spigot too often, you know, and go crazy with it, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned maybe with all in, doing that there every year. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious, but as I know, they've sold about, I think it sold about 40,000 tickets already though. So, right. So you, I think you gotta be careful with it, but at the same time, you know, there's this, it's a big world, a lot of places to go. Well, and, and let's, let's, you know, all in is still five months away, six months away. So, you know, 40, 40, 50,000 tickets sold. For an event that is six months away, we have no idea what the card's going to look like. You know, it still speaks to how hot pro wrestling is, especially, you know, U.S.-based pro wrestling in other parts of the world. Now, admittedly, AEW, you know, they do the U.S. and Canada almost primarily. They don't go overseas except all in in London at Wembley. Uh, TNA used to, used to go overseas quite a bit. They don't go overseas very often. Again, they're, you know, same thing. U.S. Canada, U.S. and Canada. I mean, Anthem Sports Entertainment is a Canadian based company. So, um, so, you know, and that's, and that's kind of where, you know, that's kind of where WWE sets itself apart among other things is their ability to take shows overseas on a on a regular basis and and not only to the same spot but to different places like you mentioned the clash of the castle in wales and of course uh like i said germany france australia saudi arabia they do a tour of of the of the uk you know it seems like every year so they're you know the market is there. I think it's a matter of having to be smart about what you send over there, uh, what kind of deal you can get to, you know, to reap the benefits of being overseas. So, yeah, I mean, I think, but I think there is, there is room for a little more, at least a little more pro wrestling content to be from, some exotic location outside the United States. Yeah, as long as you dodge the pirates. Yeah, that was that was a funny story, if it, folks. If you didn't hear about that, by the way, the the WWE had their elimination chamber being shipped through the Suez Canal, and some pirates intercepted it, and they, they had to actually go back all the way around the globe the other way to get it to Australia, and barely made it. So, pretty wild stuff there for WWE is. I guess Paul Burchill must have been running the show out there. There's a little <laughs> little old school ref, semi old school reference there for you, but yeah, oh, yeah. WWE ran into some pirate problems. I yeah, uh, like all I can think of is Johnny Depp as you know Captain Jack Sparrow. Or oh God, unbelievable! All right, well I'll tell you, we're gonna take our first break, and when we come back, we've got more with Stu Myrick, and we're gonna break down what happened at Elimination Chamber. Now, we talked a little business, and we're going to talk about what happened in the ring. Tiffany Stratton. Oh, my. Someone's going to be taking somebody's spot pretty soon. 
I have a feeling. Stick around. We'll be right back. One oh one five FM K Don. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke. And let's get back to it. The best in pro wrestling news and entertainment from around the planet. Stu Myrick show's pretty good too. Sports guys talking wrestling. We're happy to have him back on the show this week. We'll, we'll give Stu the 1A slot, just to be nice, because that's what we do. Yeah. Your show's pretty darn good. I do. I do okay. I actually, and then, you know, ironically, this week I'm scheduled to talk to Kevin Kelly. Uh, oh, nice. Collision. I've known Kevin for several years and, of course, loved his work in New Japan as the lead English commentator on NJPW World. So uh, I'm going to have Kevin on. We'll We'll break down Revolution and uh chat and i always enjoy kevin he's truth be told he's probably one of my favorite commentators on the scene right now i had fun interviewing nigel mcginnis a couple weeks ago too and that was that was to me that was a great honor to get to talk to him i've just been such a fan of his forever and that that team is awesome i just love those guys i like nigel I'll be honest, there are times when I have to roll my eyes my eyes because he he gets a little too in my opinion. He he leans too much into the heel commentator role. And there, you know, it's it there's there's stuff it just A the this this you know this hatred of Brian Danielson, it is it's it's hilarious. I love it. You know, I mean, just, you know, that actually kind of makes me laugh. But some of it kind of just, now look, he, and he's, he knows what he's talking about. Of course, former, former Ring of Honor world champion, uh, you know, many years in the business. But there are times when I just kind of like go, really? That's, you're really saying that? Okay, sure. So, you know what? And, and Stu, I'll say this real quick. I think he's doing his magic show out there in Greensboro. And, Oh, really? Yes. Go. I'm, uh, I, yeah, I, I went. If I get there, get to that. You, I'm highly recommended. Great okay. show. It's going to tug at your heartstrings. You're going to love it. I promise. All right. So make the time and go. I'll look that one up. Yeah, please do. And tell him I, tell him I sent you. Okay. And then he'll, he'll love me forever too. So of course that'd be great. But, uh, well, let's talk a little bit elimination chamber. What happened in there? Like I said, not a, not a lot of surprises. But some interesting performances, to say the least. Now we had the kickoff show. Nothing, nothing too big there with the Kabuki Warriors knocking off Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. I don't think anybody expected too much out of that. Okay, match. Indy gets her time in the uh, in the homeland as she knock you know gets to perform in front of her home crowd in Australia. So nice for her, but you know a solid performance there. I don't know as much to say about that match. But then we get to the the women's match where Becky Lynch, as we all expected, wins that women match. Women's match, uh, beating uh, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Naomi, Raquel Rodriguez, who ended up taking a spot that they were talking about uh, putting Jay Cargill in, but they decided to pull her because they didn't want her to lose. And Tiffany Stratton, um, not a lot of surprise. Becky winning, obviously. But your take on what happened in that match? Let me let me hear your thoughts first, and then I want to 
hit a couple points. I'll be honest, you know, and it kind of and speaks to the whole card. It was entertaining. Uh, you know, yes, results, as you said, pretty much what everybody, you know, what everybody expected. And I think I saw the the betting odds from Bet Online, and she was like a, you know, she was like a one to twenty favorite or something like that. Uh, but it was it had some good spots. Um, it was good to see Naomi back, you know, and, and it's good to see Naomi back in the fold there. Um, you mentioned before the break about Tiffany Stratton, and I think that you know we're going to see this in the next year, eighteen months. They have some fantastic talent in NXT uh, that you know, that we'll, we will see on raw or SmackDown and they are going to, they're going to vie for some spots and Tiffany Stratton's one of them. It's so funny when she first got going in NXT, you could see her athleticism. She, you know, uh, a former gymnast in college, you could see the athleticism, the, the speaking, you know, the, the talking was, it needed to come along a little bit. She has definitely worked on it. Um, and so now uh, she she is definitely one of the very bright spots as a newcomer to the main roster coming out of NXT. And I believe that she solidified herself as a legit talent on the on the women's roster on SmackDown. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, she had she had those Australian fans just eating out of her hand. I mean, they were they were mad and chanting BS and all that stuff when she got knocked out of there. Uh, they were excited for her for more than just about anybody in that match. And you, know, you mentioned Naomi too. And and last time the uh, time you were on, we had talked about Naomi a little bit. And you know, I'm a little I'm a little worried about her on this roster. I think that she is going to have to do something different. And I mean, seriously different to stand out among this group. You know, you mentioned there's a, a pretty good group of women coming up on NXT. And then if you, if you were thinking about, you know, let's, let's put you in the bookers chair for a second and said, okay, who am I going to strap the rocket to? You, if you just took that match, she's probably, you know, you put her maybe right there with Liv Morgan and, you know, they were talking about doing a big push with Liv. So, so she's probably in the four or five spot just out of the women that are in that match. And then you start going over and you start thinking about Rhea Ripley, you know, Asuka and some other women that are already on the roster, Jade Cargill, you know, she's 10 maybe of the women that are already there, she's got it. They, they've got to do something different with her to get her to a main event level, or she's going to be kind of mid cardinate for the women for a while. And, and she's too talented to do that to me. I, and I I'm, not, I'm not saying that because I, I think that's where she belongs. I'm saying that because I think she should be at the top, but they've got to figure something else out with her. You know, and I think this this kind of speaks to the good problem that WWE has right now. There is a lot of fantastic talent, both 
women and men. Um, and that main event level is going to get really crowded really quick. Um, so you're right. Naomi, she, you know, it her first stint in WWE. Yeah. She won the SmackDown women's title a couple of times. It always felt though, like there were just, it, there was, there was something, it, you know, it needed, you know, needed something to really, to get over the hump. She leaves, goes to TNA, you know, uh, does well in TNA. Now she's back in WWE. That hump that she has to get over, I think is a little bigger now. And you, and you mentioned the, the women's talent that is there. And so, yeah, there's, I don't know. I don't know if it's presentation. I don't know if it's skill set. You know, there was, there was a lot, there was talk about make her part of the bloodline. I, I, I don't agree. I don't think it need, I don't think she needs to do that. And I have my own feelings about the bloodline anyway. There is something that's, you know, yeah, she's going to have to find that whatever it is to make her stand out so that she can remain at that upper mid card to, to main event level. Yeah. I think she's got to get mean. I, you know, I mean, I know you didn't like the bloodline idea and it depends on, and I think it depends on where they're planning on taking the story here after this, but one way or another, I think she has to get mean. I think that she's got to turn. I think she's got to get vicious. I think that she has to be, you know, she's such, she seems like such a nice person. I've never gotten to meet her yet, but you can just tell that there's a really good heart there and a really terrific, um, just an aura about her that she's just a, a great person to be around, but that isn't going to carry her through when you're talking about, I've got to get past Becky Charlotte, Jade, Bianca, and all these incredible athletes, and not that she's not an incredible athlete, but you've got to think, what do I have to do to get past them? Well, it, it's 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 got to be in the attitude then. You know, I I you think know, that she's got to. I think she's got to turn, and I think she's got to get mean and nasty and do something different, totally different and out of character. You know, I I. I I tend to agree with you, but I think they got to be careful because there are those, and I'll, I'll I'll compare it to Adam Cole in AEW. There are those folks, and look, Adam Cole is one of the one of the most wonderful people in in pro wrestling. He is he is genuinely one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I've had multiple occasions to hang around with him and talk to him and such. And I'll be honest. The wrestling audience is a little smarter these days, and there are there are those wrestlers that no matter what you do, whether you turn them heel or not, it's going to be hard to get the wrestling audience to react the way you know you intended. So, Turning, you know, turning Naomi heel and make her vicious and everything, maybe. But are the fans going to accept her as a heel, or are they going to continue to cheer? 
I mean, that we're seeing it with Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley allegedly is a heel, but she gets as big a reaction as is, you know, some of the some of the babyface girls. You know, so, and, and it's funny that you bring it up, and you know, I think it's a good spot. Let's I'm going to deviate a little bit because I I know I sent I don't know if you got a chance to see that clip yeah. I sent you, uh-huh. but it's funny that you brought that up because we was we were there was a clip on a, a show that Vince Russo did and it was talking to Al Snow, and there was an interview that Rhea Ripley was doing with Denise Salcedo where they were playing. Um, Never have I ever. And we're talking to Rhea Ripley about had she ever used a dating app, and the reaction from Vince Russo and Al Snow is, "This is your number one heel," and she's sitting here talking about whether she's used a dating app or not. So you know, how can you present her as a heel? So part of that presentation, you know, is that our fault? Is that our fault as people that are in the media? that we're going out and we're doing interviews and we're asking people questions like that to say, Hey, you know, we're trying to get to give a chance for everybody to get to know these people. And when we do that, we're shattering that wall. We're shattering that cave fabe. So people are like, well, Rhea Ripley's a really nice person. And she is, she's a sweetheart. I've met her. She's really nice. You know, so it's it's hard to get people to hate her. And it's the same thing with somebody like a Naomi or you talked about Adam Cole. A lot of people know that Adam Cole is a really nice person. So it makes it harder for people to hate him. Is that on us? Um, us by us, do you mean the media? media? Yeah, I would say a little bit. Um, it's, you know, we are not in the days of like pro wrestling illustrated bill after, you know, where the magazine kept kayfabe, you know, uh, and all that. I think it's a little bit of that. I think it's a little bit, as I mentioned, wrestling audience is getting smarter. And I, and I heard the clip. First of all, I have, I, Vince Russo is um, Vince Russo. Vince Russo. Vince Russo. Yeah, <laughs> now, I do. I do respect Al Snow quite a bit. I've been able to meet him a couple times, and he's you know he knows what he's talking about. I think that look this whole thing about pulling the curtain back and all that that started back in the nineties with NWO and DX and that. And it has, you know, that curtain has gotten more open with each passing year. To the point where when I talk to legends, old timers, uh, and I'll even reference Dustin Rhodes, they reference pro wrestling as a sport. It is a sport. There are those, however, in wrestling that consider it a performance art, like theater. So if you look at it as a performance art, then those individuals that are in the ring, they're actors. They're actors. They're playing a part. For instance, 
I, you know, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Dad Gummit. Um, Christopher Walken has played villains left and right. I'm sure that Christopher Walken, the person, probably is a nice gentleman. But you see him in one of those movies, and yeah, he's not hes not nice. <laughs> right. I think that wrestling fans nowadays see those individuals in the ring the same way. They're playing a role. But outside the ring, they're just like you and me. Part of it, and I'll be honest, there's a little bit of it on WWE. WWE has pushed their social media so much. They, I mean, everything's on social media. Everything's about social media. You know, Twitter handles, Instagram handles, you know, what's trending, all that good stuff. They always tell about they've got so many million views on social media, whatever. They'll come. In fact, so uh, as you mentioned, I'm in Austin, Texas. We have the South by Southwest Festival. That's in fact they'll be coming up probably in about two weeks, and the first part of that is Southwest South by Southwest Interactive. And I believe every year for at least the last ten or fifteen, there has been somebody from WWE here to talk about their social media reach and such. And. So you put your you're pushing everybody to go to social media and follow the wrestlers and all that. Well, that social media, those wrestlers are being themselves. Right. So, you know, I think there's there's blame to go around for every you know, for everybody. I don't think you're and you're not gonna you're not gonna change it. Yeah, it's it's, it's there. It it's very and you know, and it's on the performers too, because if you look at some of the top heels you look at somebody like Christian right now, for example. If you do an interview with Christian, he's coming in and he's not breaking character. He's he's going to be a heel and he's going to be a jerk to you no matter what. MJF is kind of the same way. And if and you'll like the first question, you're going to have a general idea of what you're going to be facing. But until that interview starts, you kind of don't know. For sometimes you do, depending on who it is, but a lot of times you get that first question, but just imagine, for example, and it's 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 been one of the more interesting things since I really got into having more guests on the show. Am I talking to the performer or am I talking to the character? I mean, just imagine if you interviewed, you had Tom Hanks coming into your studio, or am I talking to Tom Hanks or am I talking to Forrest Gump? You know, I mean, that's that's what I think some people don't understand about doing what we do is you don't know for sure who you're going to be talking to when they walk into the door, or they get on your stream or, or whatever. It's a, it's tricky. It's really tricky. And for them, and I and I get what Al was Al Snow was saying in that clip, you know, but that's kind of on the performer to decide how they're going to handle the interview. So if they're going to handle it as themselves the person you know that's that's on them and then we kind of take it from there so yeah i mean but but it, but it's interesting i i think i think fans you know kind of want to hear a little bit of both which makes it even tougher so yeah it's it's an interesting topic i th- and i think 
that there, you know, being a heel today is much different than being a heel back in the eighties and nineties. Look, I, you know, I've heard all the stories and, you know, I'm in Texas. So I grew up on world-class championship wrestling up in the Metroplex. I've heard the stories, you know, Michael Hayes, you know, and the Freebirds. there, you know, they'd have their vehicle parked outside the sportatorium and, you know, half the time they'd come out there with their tires slashed, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, they'd come, come down to the ring. And, and if you remember those, those views of the sportatorium, they, they, the, the fans are right there. Yeah. And, you know, you hear the, you hear the stories about old ladies, you know, trying to stab them with, with their stick pins and, and such as that. And I think there, there might be a little something there about, okay, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to have my, yeah. get stabbed with stick pins and all that good stuff. So I think there's, there's a little bit of that as well. So it's, you know, and, and this is not, look, I, you know, I worked for 15 years, over 15 years in sports radio. This isn't like me interviewing Michael Parsons, you know, the, the great linebacker for the Cowboys. Uh, there was a time when I was doing the, you know, I was do, you know, when I started doing sports guys talking wrestling, I would ask in advance, okay, am I, am I talking to the person or am I talking to the wrestler? so that I would know how to frame the interview. Fine thing was I would say 98% of the wrestlers I've talked to, they want they want me to talk to the person. Yeah. You mentioned MJF. You know, uh, I will, and I, and I hate to blow this. I hate to blow his cover here. Max is probably one of the nicest guys I know. And in fact, there have been, there's been several times I'll, you know, I get lucky enough. I'll go backstage during, you know, for an AEW show. He would come up and give me a big hug. He used to wrestle for, uh, used to be called inspire pro. Now it's inspire after death. I do commentary for them. We got a show tonight, by the way. Um, but he used to wrestle for us at inspire. And I, so I got to know him, you know, as he would come to Austin, you know, pretty, pretty regularly. And so, yeah, so it got to the point he would, you know, I'd see him when I would see him in major league wrestling or in AEW, when I come up to him backstage, he'd come up and give me a big old hug and, and would seem genuinely happy to see me. Yeah. <laughs> well, next time I see Max, he might, he might get some words from me. He might, <laughs> we, we, we've had a few run-ins, so we'll see what happens there, right. but Hey, we're going to take a break. <laughs> this is, all sorts of fun in pro wrestling, man. I'll tell you what. It is an amazing industry. We're going to be back with more with myself and Stu Myrick here on the Mark Hoke Show. And uh, we'll get back to talking about Illumination Chamber. We'll go off to the side. That's part of the fun of this. You know, that's what we do. Stick around, everybody. We'll be right back with more best in pro wrestling news and entertainment on the Mark Hoke Show on Kadon. Stick around for more. 101.5 FM K-Don. You're listening to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Vegas. The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Now, here again is Mark Hoke. And let's get back to it. we got a couple minutes here. Short segment. We ran a little long on the last one. That's okay. Mark Hoke and Stu Myrick from Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. Sitting in with me for the whole show because he's just crazy like that. Very happy to have you with us, Stu. What's going on? Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, you're the man. So uh, as we were 
at, before we got off on our little tangent there, we were talking about Elimination Chamber. I'm sure we'll be having to carry that over to the next hour. Um, we had a tag match. Judgment Day had taken on the interestingly named team. And, boy, I tell you what, uh, apparently even Michael Cole didn't like the name of the team, the New Catch Republic, because they busted on Pete Dunn and Tyler Bates' team with the broadcast. I didn't think that was very helpful. But... Yeah, yeah, but they did. It was, it was a fine match. Yeah, you know, there what you, you but like you said, no surprises there. No, not at all. But uh, but a good match. Judgment Day, of course, gets away with the titles, and I would imagine uh, we got. Gosh, if we get Awesome Truth taking those guys on at WrestleMania, that'd be fun. That'd be intriguing. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll see if that happens. But uh, but yeah, Judgment Day gets out of there. And I want to save time for the men's match because we've got about, well, we've got about two minutes. So, but Rhea Ripley gets a win against Nia Jax. And of course, Rhea gets the adulation of her fellow Aussies. But I do want to take a, a minute and talk about Nia's performance because what a comeback for her after being regarded as one of the most unsafe performers in WWE. Somebody that, you know, had been released and nobody wanted around. Would you have thought, Stu, after all this time, that we would be seeing her main eventing a premium live event and having a great performance and everybody was happy? Look, it was shocking enough that she was brought back into WWE. Um, but, yeah, her performance you know, at Elimination Chamber, fantastic. She did exactly what she, you know, what was expected played her part to a T and it, it looks like she, you know, it looks like this run, she's got some more, she's got more motivation to better herself in the ring. And, um, I'm looking forward to see what's next from, for Nia Jax. Yeah. I'm thinking we'll probably see her against Jade Cargill, but got to give her a lot of credit. You know, she's in, she's in better shape. She definitely is wrestling a lot better. I don't think we're going to have see any of the problems that, uh, we she's had in the past you know really did a fantastic job and looked like she belonged in a main event match i mean she's been there before but this time she showed that she should be among the elite and you know all the credit in the world to her that was a terrific performance for her last night with the spotlight squarely on her so congratulations to nia Jax. terrific comeback for her way to go Speaking of, speaking of coming back, we got another hour. Isn't that great, Stu? Awesome. Let's we, do it. All right. So we got more of the Mark Hoke Show coming up here on KDON, 101.5 FM, the Talk of Las Vegas. And if you're out there, wherever you are, the Odyssey app is available to you. So you can download that. I know Stu's show's on the Odyssey app as well, so you can check out Sports Guys Talk and Wrestling there. And, of course, if you're out there on the YouTube land or Facebook, you can, you know, Come on live stream and hey, if you like what we're saying or not, you can give us a comment, ask a question. We're more than happy to take your comments and whatever you want to throw at us. We'd appreciate it. Stick around. Hour two is coming up on KDON. We'll be right back. Want more of the Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. 
And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show and download our podcasts at markhokeshow.podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today and thanks for listening.